Well, good morning. Are you doing well? You look good. At least your, at least your eyes, you know, you just like, <laughs> man, it's good to be in church. It's good to be here. Uh, for all those who are watching online, hello. We are with you in your living room, wherever you're at. You get to be wearing your pajamas right now, so that's, that's always good. Um, but uh, hey, there's something special about being in church together. And uh, it's, it really is a privilege to get to be here and get to be a part of what's happening. Um, I remember getting to pray with Pastor Pradipan uh, years ago when he's kind of looking out different cities and just saying that this is a city I think that God was supposed to have them in to plant a church. Uh, and it's cool to see just some three years later, is that what it's been? Um, just all that God is doing here in Kalos Church. And you guys are amazing to see all the different volunteers who are here, even in the midst of uh, just a bit of a crazy year, you know, no big deal. <laughs> uh, but you deserve to be celebrated. Can we thank even just the worship team and all the volunteers for coming in here today? Thank you. You are the heroes. Um, I'm awake, which is good. God is definitely good. Our little boy, Hunter, he's five weeks old today. Three boys, just a quiet home, you know, no big deal. <laughs> Uh, but he is healthy and well, and, uh, but I am honored to get to be here in church with you and get to talk to you. Um, Going to continue the series, hopefully, and talk about uh, rebuilding. And today I really just have it on my heart to talk about rebuilding your faith. That in the midst of so much that's broken down, that I truly believe that there is so much more that God has for all of us. And maybe if you're new to this whole church experience, maybe just even the thought of like rebuilding faith, I haven't even started that journey of faith. I believe today's that day to start that journey. But I, I don't know what it is in my heart, and I hope that it's, it's so much more than optimism. I actually believe that we are in one of the greatest seasons of our life that we go to be part of. You're like, are you kidding me, Jason? Um, and I hope that even just before we're done here, uh, more than just some encouragement, I hope that there is a burst of faith inside of you to realize that God is bigger and God is greater. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask, think, or imagine. That he's for you, he's with you, he knows your story, he knows your journey, and he's not done. The story is not done being written and that it's just the beginning of all that God has. Amen? Okay, I'm going to go to Joshua, Joshua chapter 3. And this has been something that's been in my heart um, for this year. And uh, just to pick up the background of this story, Joshua and a guy named Caleb were young at one point and sent into this land called Canaan to scout it out. This is what they were supposed to go into. This is what they call the promised land. And so they scouted it out. They came back with a bunch of other spies and two believed and the rest of them didn't believe. And some 40 years pass, and all those who did not believe did not get to enter in. And from that time, they watched as they tried to trust God, but they just kept on going back to their own ways. And they didn't end up stepping into the, what God had promised them. And only two actually got to step into this place of promise. But it took 40 years. It took a long time, and a lot of things didn't work out the way they thought. But this is after 40 years after Moses, their great hero and leader, the one who heard from God, the one who led them. And it says, no, he's passed away, but now it's a new day. It's a new era, and Joshua's leading. So we pick up that story here in Joshua chapter 3, um, verse 1. 
says this, Joshua was up early and on his way from Shittim with all the people of Israel with him. Amen for that. Uh, he arrived at the Jordan and camped before crossing over. After three days, leaders went through the camp and gave out orders to the people. When you see the covenant chest of God, your God, carried by the Levitical priests, start moving. Follow it. Make sure you keep a proper distance between you and it, about half a mile or 3,000 feet. Be sure not now to keep your distance, and you'll see clearly the route to take. You've never been on this road before. Then Joshua addressed the people. He said, sanctify, consecrate, set yourself apart, or get ready. Say, get ready. For tomorrow, God will do work, miracle, wonders among you. Now jump over to one other passage here. Let's go, actually, I'm going to go over to verse uh, 14. It says, and that's what happened. The people left their tents to cross the Jordan, led by the priests carrying the chest of the covenant. When the priests got to the Jordan, their feet touched the water at the edge. The Jordan overflowed its banks through the harvest season. The flow of water stopped. It piled up in a heap a long way off at Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the river went dry all the way down to the Arabia Sea, the Salt Sea. And the people crossed facing Jericho. Now go with me to one more passage. This is chapter 15. They cross over, and they're getting ready. As they cross over in this place, all of a sudden they see Jericho, and Jericho is a fortified city. It has double, if not triple walls, walls higher than they thought. So they, they cross in, and now they actually have to go and take a city. And they say, we don't even have warriors. What are we supposed to do? And I love this because they're like, Joshua, you're our leader. Tell us what to do. And he's just like, I don't know. <laughs> and they're all like, you better tell us because we don't want to die. And so he's sitting there and he's in a bit of a panic. But I love this. Um, let's pick this up. In verse 13, it says, then, and then this, while Joshua was there near Jericho, he looked up and saw right in front of him a man standing, holding his drawn sword. Joshua stepped up to him and said, Whose side are you on? Ours or theirs? He said, no, or neither. I'm commander of God's army, and I've just arrived. Joshua fell on his face to the ground and worshiped him. He asked, what order does my master have for the servant? God's army commander ordered Joshua, says, take your sandals off your feet. The place you are standing is holy. And Joshua did it. Today, in the midst of all that's happening, I believe that there is this rebuilding of faith because God is after you stepping into the place of promise. And I want to take the next few moments and talk about what that looks like, what it means to let your faith be strengthened, and what it means to step into the promise that God has for us. Amen? Will you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you that you are here in this place. Holy Spirit, have your way. Thank you, the kingdom of heaven is here. We don't have to beg, we don't have to petition, but there's peace, there's life, there's hope. And I thank you that you know what you're doing. We send a word of healing, of life to every pastor and leader and person, even watching online. God, I declare wholeness in Jesus' name. We thank you for this incredible church. Amen. 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 Um, it's been a year. There's been some highs and lows and celebrating a COVID baby, but it's been a year. 
And uh, I, I'm by nature one who believes the best, hopes the best, but I, my heart breaks um, as I look and observe the brokenness all around me. I see desperation. I see pain. You go for a run, and it's like people are so fearful and panicky, and it's just like I, it's not that I'm worried about people being ang- like just depressed and struggling with anxiety. I'm like, that's not the way that we were created to live. And I don't know if it's you or if it's me, but there's something in me that's just like, no, this is not who we are. This is not what the way that we are created to live, but there's something more inside. There's something more that we're created to walk in peace. We're created to walk in life. We're created to be those who, who truly have relationship. And I get all these things, but I believe that the enemy has been after something that is so powerful inside of you and me. And that is our faith. And that is something that you carry. I don't know what it is, but I actually believe that we are on the precipice of the greatest move of God that we've ever seen in any generation before us. The Bible says where sin abounds, there much more the grace of God abounds. Genesis 1.1 declares, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness, heaviness, chaos was over the face of the deep. But guess what happens? The Bible says the Spirit of God was brooding. He's hovering. He's making way. So in the midst of darkness, in the midst of pain, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of, uh, of all the just different chaos taking place, God's moving. God's moving. God's moving. You might not see it. You might not know it. You're saying, Jason, this has been one of the hardest seasons in my life, but I truly believe that you are on the precipice of the greatest move of God releasing his favor, blessing, and his love in your life. He's for you. He's for you. And you're saying, if he's for me, then how did all this happen? How did I get here? Can I tell you something? That sometimes stepping into promise doesn't look the way that you think it's going to look. <laughs> We're going to take a look at Joshua, who all of a sudden he said, this is the promised land. He steps across into this promised land, and he steps into a place with a fortified city with giants in it. And he says, this doesn't look like I thought promise would look. You ever just been expecting something, and all of a sudden you get there, and you're like, this, that's not what I expected, you know? The pictures on the internet made it look a little bit different. And it's just there's something about that expectation that truly makes the heart sick. And as a pastor, as somebody who just truly cares for the heart of people, I see the sickness in people's heart where desperation and expectation has just been dashed. But I believe that there's something that God is rebuilding and saying it's now, it's now, it's now. I actually believe that there's revival for Bellevue, for Seattle. I believe that God wants to pour out his spirit in unprecedented ways. I believe that he's healer. I believe that he's a miracle worker. And I believe that he wants to work in your life, not just on an external way, but he wants to be so close to you. Uh, so for the next few moments, I want to talk to you about what it means to uh, rebuild your faith and step into that promise. And these are just four themes that I have Uh, Four points, themes, whatever way you want to look at it. Um, But I hope above all that it's going to encourage you. Number one, I love this. uh, And the the first point I have, or first theme I have is trust. Trust. And God uses this phrase. He says this. He says, keep your eyes on the ark. Follow it. You haven't been this place before. Or create this clear space. 
There's something about trust where it's, it's beautiful to see just the absolute trust. Um, but it's also really hard when trust is broken. It's really hard. And sometimes it's so hard to truly hear and to know. But I love it because the Bible says you got to create that space. Hey, create some distance so that you can see clearly, so you can know what's going on in front of you. Um, a few years back, I had the opportunity to go to Israel uh, with some friends of mine and uh, just really uh, just special time for me. But I remember going into this place. It's called uh, Salome's Pool or Hezekiah's Tunnel. And it's this really interesting place in Jerusalem. And it's this tunnel. It's really a mathematical miracle how that works. It's a couple thousand feet. And in the distance of that couple thousand feet, it winds back and forth. And it only drops less than one foot so that it's not too much of a drop that the water completely empties, but it's enough that the water keeps flowing. And there's, there's a history legend that goes something like this, that David, when he was getting ready to capture Zion, he, he asked his commander, said, whoever will go into this place and get, get a, find a way into the city, he will be my commander. So Joab actually went into the city. He found this, this tunnel. And, there, and he got into the tunnel and all of a sudden opened up the gates. And that's when David came in, took Zion, and now Jerusalem became the city of David. But I was walking through this tunnel and having a moment in this place. And it's pretty small. It's kind of cut out of limestone, so it's really soft. But it's really just about your, about five and a half, six feet. So you're kind of hunched over and it's just about shoulder width apart. And there's just water just about ankle deep. And I'm walking in this tunnel just thinking about... Joab walking in this place, not knowing where he's going, not knowing what's ahead of him. It's crazy. Even with a light, you can't see more than five feet in front of you because it's so dark in that place. And it's the the craziest feeling is you start walking, you kind of get scared because you're like, I can't see where I'm going. I don't know what's going on. And sometimes all you have to do is just stop and you just feel this little current on your ankles. And I felt like God started speaking to me as I was in Hezekiah's tunnel and just walking and saying, sometimes I'm going to speak and lead you, not in this loud voice, not in this overarching or demonstrative way, but sometimes it's just going to be that little stream on your ankles. You might not be able to see. You might not be able to know what's going on. You might feel like everything's closing in and around you, but sometimes you just have to stop and feel that current. Stop and feel that he's leading you. Church, can I tell you that God is with you? He's for you. He might not feel it. It might feel like, I don't know why. If God's for me, then what happened to my business? What happened to these situations? What happened to my family? How did that person get sick? And sometimes you have to just create that space to just say, I got to hear from you. I need to hear that you're still moving. You're still going. If I look back and I see that you've been good, all of a sudden it's going to propel me to believe that he's continuing. If he started a good work, he's faithful. He will complete it. He's for you. You got to trust that, 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 there's, that he's going to continue to work the same way he has before. And, and if I can just encourage you, find space, whatever it might be. I don't know what it is, but right now the noise is loud. The fear is everywhere. But to create space to hear from him, to hear his voice, to hear how much he loves you, how much he's for you, there's nothing like that. We don't just serve a God who's distant and afar off, who died and gave himself for us so that we could be saved and then left us. We serve a God who is with us. He is Emmanuel. He's God with you. He's God with me. 
We get to know him. We get to talk to him. We get to hear his voice. And so we have to create the space to know that he's there with us. Even in the midst of seeing some of the pain and all the failures around us, it doesn't mean that he's the one who caused it, but he's right there comforting you and leading you in the midst of it. I don't have time to go through the last four or five years of my life where I saw people and places and situations and everything that I thought was a certain way and watch it just get broken to pieces. But can I tell you something? I know this and this will never change in my life. I know one thing is sure, God is good and God is for me and he's for you. I don't understand why everything works the way it does, but that doesn't change that God is good. Doesn't mean I'm gonna trust him less. Something in me needs to say no. It's time to trust him more. It's time to trust again. It's time to begin to create that space to see him. You've not been this way before. <laughs> We've never been through a global pandemic. We don't know what we're doing. And every person who thinks they do know. <laughs> so far off. We need heaven. We need to hear from Jesus. We need him to be clear. And I, there's something in my heart that just burns. Will you trust? Will you trust? Will you create that space? For me, creating that space is a little bit difficult having three boys, but it's, it's the most important part of my life. For my wife and I, it's just before we go to bed, we'll have a little fireplace in our room and we'll get down on our knees and we just take a moment to just pray and thank him. Rehearse his goodness and just surrender once again and just say, no, 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 above all else, above all else, beyond the little nuances of life, above all else, we constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and his righteousness that proceeds from him and all these little things get added. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's taking a walk. Maybe it's just taking space to shut off, but would you create space to hear and know what God's doing? Let that faith rise in you again. Number two, faith. Number two, faith. Um, this, and I, I hope my heart comes across clearly. I believe big. I believe big. I've seen things happen the complete opposite. Believe for healings and miracles and watch as people died. Trusted God, prayed and pursued him with all my heart and saw that the very prayers, all of a sudden the very opposite happened. And it's crazy how just in the midst of that space, you can lose heart. You can lose heart. You can just be like, not that you stop believing that Jesus is Savior, but you can just lose heart and just um, get a little jaded, you know? Just like, cool. It's just what it is. Like, I, I love Jesus and I love, but that's just what it is. And um, a few years back, I was going through a situation even watched as my dad, my hero, passed away. Having a moment with Jesus and just wrestling with him and was taken to the story of Gideon. 
Gideon's just kind of wrestling with God. He's wrestling there in the threshing floor. His angel comes to him and says, Gideon, God's with you. He said, with me? God's with me, then why is everything broken down? Where are all the miracles? <laughs> God says to him, Gideon, go in this strength that's yours. Go in this. And there's this fight. There's this fight to say no in the midst of seeing things not happen the way you might think or expect. It's time to believe again. In the place of discouragement, in the place of distress, in the place of loss, that does not mean that we believe less. It means that we're going to believe more. It means we're going to hope against hope. We're going to trust him more. Jesus is a miracle working God. The Bible says what's impossible with man is possible with God. With him, all things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. And there's been this, 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 this righteous anger, this fight inside of me that says, will you believe again, Jason? Will you trust again? And I started looking around me and I said, God, I, I see that I know that your book and your Bible says this, but where are the miracles? Where are the miracles? Where are the miracles in Seattle? Where are the miracles in our communities? Where are the miracles? And something in me is like, no, let's believe again. And I'm telling you, something in me is like, let's contend again. You know, the most beautiful things started happening. God's faithful. Even though he doesn't always do the things that we think, when you begin to step out in faith, watch and see what he'll do. We're praying with a couple of ours, a uh, close friend of my wife and I, and I'm watching just for over seven years, they've been praying for children, believing for just to have a healthy baby. Couldn't have them. Doctors are like, you can't, just, it's not possible. And it just took a toll on their marriage, took a toll on everything they did. And um, it just was weighing even into their finance and everything. Just their marriage was divided and separated. And so we were just saying, God, you're able. We're going to believe again. We're going to trust again. We're going to just truly see what you want to do. And all of a sudden they said, okay, we're going to just open, be open to adoption. If you, anybody know the, the whole adoption process, it usually takes at least a year, a couple years um, and it's quite the process. They literally just said, we're going to be open to this. And God spoke to my friend. He said, go get a crib. You haven't even started the process. Just go get a crib. And literally in less than a month, somebody called and said, hey, our friend knows somebody who has a, who's having a baby and wants to give her up for adoption. They're like, we can't even start the process. And in less than literally a couple of months, they were able to adopt their first baby. And less than a year later, they're able to adopt their second baby. And watching as God does a miracle, he'll make a path where there isn't a path. See the Red Sea? That's not a path. <laughs> That's not the way it's supposed to be. You don't go from this side of the beach to the other side through the middle of the sea. The Jordan River in the midst of the harvest season where the flood overflows, that's not a path. You don't go through the river in the flood season because you'll die. But God's path is not a path oftentimes. See, God's way, what he wants to do, it's not the way it's supposed to be. And I don't know what's going on, but there's something inside of me that's saying, God, would you do things that aren't supposed to happen that way? 
Would you release houses and do miracles for people who say, no, 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 that doesn't happen to people because you're God. Would you do it in a way to show that it's not man, it's not by somebody trying to figure it out, but it's God showing off to you that he's God and he's in charge. That he'll make a way. Will you believe again? Watch and see as you let him into the place of brokenness. He'll bring healing and health. The third point is um, truly rebuilding your faith. It takes courage. <laughs> I love just what he says. He says, consecrate yourself. Set yourself apart. Get ready. He says this. He says, consecrate yourself for tomorrow I will do wonders in your midst. I will do wonders, I will do miracles. Do you understand that that part, what God's gonna do is already set. No man, no person can do it. It's not based upon you or me. Can I be clear? What God wants to do is not based upon your works. It's not based upon your, your ingenuity or your well-being. It's not based upon anything that you can do. Grace is free. Grace comes simply because of the price that he paid for you. He's finished it. But he says, no, 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 get ready. Position yourself, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready for tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. It's an invitation to say, are you gonna be part of this? What side are you gonna be on? Are you gonna be somebody who loses heart? Or are you gonna be somebody who positions yourself and is ready for what God wants to do? God will do wonders. God will move in this city. God will move. God will do what the unprecedented, but are you gonna be part of that journey? Are you gonna be part of it? Get ready, get ready, get ready. Will you position yourself? Will you let him speak? Will you do the work of getting into the very pain and letting him change you? Hebrews chapter 12 and verse one says this, it says, dear brothers and sisters, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily entangles us. I love what the passion says. It says, let us let go of the wounds, the piercings, because they hold us down. But it says, we're gonna to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's gone before us. He endured the cross. Why for you, for me? And watch and see as all of a sudden, you begin to do the work of just saying, I'm gonna forgive. I'm gonna heal. Even, even uh, was it last week? Dr. Renee and Christian were talking about healing relationships and rebuilding relationships and doing the work some of you have to commit to do the work to let your, let your heart heal, let your life heal. And say, no, that wound is not gonna be in me anymore. And that, that phrase in the Greek is really interesting because it's actually a picture of an arrow that's been broken off inside of you. And there's healing on the outside, but that arrowhead is still on the inside. And it's time, some of you, is just believe that God's saying, consecrate, get ready. It means set yourself apart. It means do the work to get it out so that you're whole. You're whole. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Some of you, I even just hearing this morning, testimonies of getting out of debt. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready for what God wants to do. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Some of you is just going to be like, there's been something all your life. It's just been this struggle. Maybe it's, it's health. I'm saying, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. God will do wonders. Are you going to be part of it? Are you going to join in to what God's wanting to do? Get ready. You know, about a year and a half ago, a friend of mine uh, started a company working just in the, in the car business, really was kind of trying to take dealerships online. 
And the car industry was just this overarching, like, no, this is how we've always done it, this behemoth. And God just started speaking to him, saying, get ready, get ready, get the business ready, get all the different parts. And he started working, and everyone's just like, no, 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 no. But you know what happened? COVID hit, and the car industry was not ready for what was about to happen. But guess who was? Somebody who was hearing from heaven. His business that was just starting all of a sudden exploded and now is one of the largest car industry distributors for dealerships out there because he was willing to open himself and get ready for what God wants to do. There's God ideas inside of you. <laughs> Even this morning, there's business ideas. Get ready, get ready, get ready. There's software ideas. There's, 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 there's ideas in this place. Get ready, get ready. God's gonna do wonders and he's gonna use you if you're willing, get ready. Number four, the last part of this is um, this wrestle that we see with Joshua and this angel. Um, and the last point is partnership. God's invitation is a partnership. So many times I think we're praying, God, would you change my circumstance? God, will you bless me? Will you do this? And God's just after just saying, no, will you come and join me? A few years back, I was just having one of those fun conversations with, with Jesus and um, felt that kind of fatherly rebuke and felt like Jesus just said, Jason, you do a lot of good things for me, but I want you to do some more with me. Not just for me, but with me. It's an invitation to partnership. And there we see Joshua who's wrestling and he's saying, God, will you bless me? And he's just saying, are you for us or are you against us? Whose side are you on? Are you over here or are you over there? And the angel says, no. Just speaks right to the very heart of it. Like, no, I'm on neither side. Get on my side. Get on my side. And all of a sudden he begins to, wor the Bible says that, that, that Joshua worshiped. And this is the only place in the Bible that we see a man worship an angel and the angel not stop him from worshiping him. Because this isn't just an angel. This is Jesus revealing himself in the Old Testament to Joshua, Yeshua, who now is revealing himself to Yeshua, Hamasiah, the Messiah is coming to him and saying, I'm in charge. <laughs> I will fight for you. I will do what you cannot do. Will you join me? And he says, take your sandals off because this is holy ground. And I believe the partnership is to partner with Jesus to say, don't just try to live life for yourself, but will you begin to just step into partnership with him and follow him? Following Jesus doesn't mean everything's perfect or easy, but it's a partnership. The promise is not that your finances are gonna be perfect. The promise is not that everything's gonna work out the way you think. The promise is Jesus. The promise is that he's with you. The promise is that he will never leave you or forsake you. The promise is that even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil because he's right there. That's the promise. The promise is no matter what you do, no matter where you go, you can't hide from him. You can't hide from his grace. The promise is that you're free and forgiven. There's no shame, there's no condemnation, but you are free in Christ Jesus. Today, I don't know what brought you in. If you came full of anxiety or worry, or if you're watching me online, the promise is Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the mighty God. He is Jireh. He is provision and provider of all that you need. Provision might look different than you think, but he's gonna provide for you. Will you trust? Will you believe? 
Will you begin to hope against hope and say, God, here I am. Will you help rebuild my faith? See, real be- rebuilding your faith is not, I'm gonna do this, but all of a sudden it's just, I'm gonna lean into you, Jesus. I'm gonna trust in you, Jesus. I'm gonna heal right. I'm gonna trust, I'm gonna have faith. I'm gonna have courage and partner with him. Amen. Will you pray with me here? Jesus, we thank you for your presence. I thank you that you're here this morning. Thank you that you love us so much. I pray for every person here in this room, in this space, for every person watching. I pray that freedom, that forgiveness that only you offer would come and fill and flood their hearts. Thank you, Jesus.